Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Jesus is beginning to teach, and he's going to teach something very different than what the people have heard from the Pharisees. And he wants to make it clear right from the get-go that he's not coming to destroy the law. He's going to say things that are different. He's going to explain things in a different way, but he's not saying he's done with the Old Testament. You can throw it all out. Now, how do I know he's talking about the whole Old Testament? Because he says the law or the prophets, all of them. He's saying, I'm not coming to destroy it, but to fulfill. And when we look at Jesus's life, we know that he fulfilled the law in every area. The pinnacle we'll talk about in just a minute. But first, he fulfilled the law when he was born. All the prophets, prophets foretold of his coming and Every part of that was fulfilled in his birth. The Bible says he was made under the law. Galatians 4, 4 and 5 said, says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So he was made under the law. Every ritual that was done on a young Jewish boy or, or he had to do, he did. They, his parents brought him to Jerusalem at eight days. Not every child had that opportunity. Had Jesus been born up in Nazareth, he would not have made it to Jerusalem in eight days by the time he was born. No, God knew he needed to be born in Bethlehem, not just because of prophecy, but he needed to be right there so he could be in the temple at eight days to get circumcised. So every part of his life fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law also because he was sinless. Uh, the Pharisees thought that he disobeyed the law because he didn't follow their traditions. We'll see that they'll say, you know, why are you allowing your disciples to eat with unwashing hands? Well, this is because they had added to the Old Testament. They had added many, many rules over and above from what God had said. And not only that, because of their additions, it took away from the core of what God wanted taught. We're going to come to a uh, point where Jesus is going to be reprimanded by the Pharisees for his disciples picking wheat or grain or some type of grain on Sunday and eating. And you would say, oh, but wait, there was a man in the Old Testament that God said to stone and he was just picking up sticks. Well, the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. And Jesus brings to light understanding all of that man in the Old Testament. He wasn't just picking up a stick because it was on the way. No, he was deliberately disobeying God's command because he wanted to make his life easier and he wanted to take care of himself. And he had no reason to go out there and be picking up sticks. So 
this here is showing us that Jesus fulfilled every bit of the law, even though the Pharisees said, oh, no, you're not even found the law. No, he did everything God wanted him to, to, for him to do. And God said, I'm well pleased with you. So he also fulfilled the law in his teaching. We're going to go through this passage, and he's going to be talking about the law. But he chipped away at the religion that had encrusted and covered the truth for so long. He chipped that away, and he taught the people the law, the heart behind the law, what God was looking for. So he fulfilled the law in that way with his teaching. But what how he completely fulfilled the law and what I was wanting to get to, and I said I would in a minute, is that he fulfilled it when he died for our sins and rose again. That's when the law was completely fulfilled. Now, let's think about an acorn. Let's go back to our passage. It says, I have not come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. If we took an acorn that was from an oak tree, fallen off an oak tree, and we took it and we took a hammer to it and just pounded it, pummeled it to the ground. We had it on concrete and we just banged it and put it to shreds. Would anything come of that acorn? Absolutely not. It was destroyed. But if we take that same acorn and we put it in the ground under dirt, there's nothing, no sunlight with it. It's just under the ground. What happens? That acorn fulfills its purpose, and we have a giant oak tree grow out of the ground because that acorn was put into the ground. So it fulfilled its purpose. Jesus came to fulfill the law. The law had a purpose, but Jesus now grows out of the law and says, now this is the way to God. We don't go through temple tab tabernacles or temples anymore. We're going to read some verses about this that talks about um, when, when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. I think it's important. I think it's significant that the Bible tells us that it was rent from top to bottom because I think it's showing God is the one that rent this because the law now was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus now was the way to the throne of God. Jesus told him, this temple's not going to be around here anymore. It's going to be destroyed because he is the way. He fulfills the law. Uh, Acts 7, 48 and 49 says, Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. This prophet who said this is Isaiah. And in verse 49, it says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, saith the Lord? What is the place of my rest? So Isaiah is saying, yeah, you have this temple and God wanted you to have a tabernacle and, and to show uh, a picture to mankind. But that's not where God dwells. He, he had his presence there at the mercy seat, but He's saying, heaven's my throne. The earth is my footstool. You got this earth here. That's what I, you know, put my foot up on top of this entire earth and heaven's my throne. This is not the only aspect of, of God in the temple. The temple was just a picture. It was a shadow of what was to come. And Jesus 
made it clear that he was the way to that mighty throne into heaven. He also made it clear that he was the way and he fulfilled the law for all men. You know, the Jews were God's chosen people because he chose that nation for Christ to come through. However, even in the Old Testament, it was not only Jews who could be saved by believing in the coming Messiah. In fact, the Jews were told that they were supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. Now, the Jews took it and they changed and they became, you know, like we're the only good ones and everybody else is bad. That's not what God intended because we know he said you're a light to the Gentiles. Now, there were some wicked, wicked nations that God said you're going to be destroyed because you're wicked. But God wanted salvation and he still wants salvation for all. As we go through the Old Testament, we're going to see many examples of Gentiles believing. Uh, Ruth comes to the top of my head as I think of a lady. She was not excluded from believing in God. But besides that, as I've said, Jews were supposed to be a light. You know, they weren't supposed to be acting like they were better than everyone else and that they were the only ones that had a way to get to heaven. No, the way was by believing the Bible and following what the Bible says, and it's still the way. And Jesus Christ fulfilled everything in Scripture that anybody could uh, read and understand, and they could get to those prophets and Old Testament uh, law Anybody could have got to it if they desire to do so. And as we go through the Old Testament, we're going to see one's dead. Now we say, okay, Christ fulfilled the law, and he's going to go through uh, several ways where the law is going to be explained in a deeper, more meaningful way. But we are supposed to follow Christ's example in fulfilling the law. You say, what? I thought that the law was put away. No, Christ didn't just sin. He didn't just do what's wrong because the Old Testament law was was fulfilled. No. How did he live a sinless, perfect life? He did that, being a human, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he learned obedience. Wow, he was God and he had to learn obedience because he was also all man. So you know what? You and I, we can also fulfill the law. We can live a life that fulfills the law. Now, are we going to be sinless? No, but we should strive in every way to do so. And how do we do that? By yielding to the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus while he was here on earth. Jesus left him here for us. We can fulfill the law by accepting and, and believing the gospel. Then the Holy Spirit comes in our life, and then we yield to the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that gives us the strength to fulfill the law. We need to get back to our passage. I've got some Bible verses that go along with that idea of the Holy Spirit and how he helps us in fulfilling the law, but it's still a little bit down the way 
of this passage in Matthew 5. So I've got to put a pause on that, and we're going to come back to our passage here. Matthew 5, 18 says, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, what is a jot and a tittle? It's not something that we normally use. Well, a jot is like the smallest Hebrew letter, and a tittle is like the smallest stroke. The only way I can explain it is like, you know, a comma, you know, a little stroke that in that way. And so what is Jesus saying? That heaven and earth is not going to pass until all of this fulfilled. And so this is an important thing to understand why we don't mess with the Bible. We don't change what the Bible says because the Old Testament is scripture. It is God's inspired word for us today. So it's important to know that every jot and every tittle is important to God. This, it's there for a reason. And we shouldn't go in and just change stuff because ah, we don't, I don't think we need that anymore because, you know, that's Old Testament. That's, it's not really uh, what it means there. No, this is important. And preservation is found all throughout the Bible. Here, Jesus says every jot and every tittle is important to him, and it needs to be important to us. When we come now to verse 19, it says, Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus now is explaining more of the fulfilling of the law. How can we do and teach this law? It seems impossible. By yielding to the Holy Spirit. We're, we're going to uh, come to a passage where Jesus talks about cutting off your hand and cutting off your foot and all these things that seem like, whoa, extreme. Well, when we mortify the deeds of the flesh, we are able to yield to the Spirit. I don't want to get into that yet because we're going to get into that in a later time when Jesus says those things. But here, it's not that we throw away everything in the Old Testament. Do you know that nine out of the 10 commandments that were given are clearly given again in the New Testament? Nine out of the 10. The only one that is not clearly said that we are supposed to do is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. However, in the New Testament, it talks about them coming together and setting aside Sunday as a day to remember the Lord's resurrection. So it's not said there that we need to be worshiping on Saturday, but the principle is still there. So Jesus is saying, no, I'm not throwing everything away. It doesn't mean because I've come, you could just murder people as we go through this passage. He's going to be a lot stricter than even murder. And, you know, you can't commit adultery. All these things are what we should be striving to do. And we should be striving to teach others. What does he say? But first he says, if you're going to break these commandments and teach them, you're going to be least because you're a hypocrite, because you're excusing sin in your life while you're trying to teach others. But if you do them and teach them, the same is called great. It's good to follow God's word, and it's good to teach others God's word. You know, so many today say, well, you, you can't teach the Bible, you know, because you're a hypocrite and, and everybody messes up. No, we, 
all, we do mess up. But the wonderful thing, because Christ fulfilled the law, we can go to the throne of grace and receive forgiveness for that sin. And we can then be clean, pure vessels that, so that we can teach others again. Now, Jesus is going to go through this passage and he's going to tell us, you can't be judging everybody else while you're doing all the wrong. This is what was different because he's going right after the Pharisees. This is what the Pharisees did. So my point today is do and teach. You should be doing and you should be teaching both. Why? Because you're the light of the world. If you're the light, you need to be teaching. If you're not doing, then you're not salt. Your salt is all diluted. So you can be teaching and if you're not doing, you're, you have no salt in yourself. And you're not effective. So I believe that this do and teach goes along with the idea of salt and life, light. I believe Jesus is tying it all together. I don't think he just left that whole subject. No, we need to do and teach. Heavenly Father, I pray that we study our lives and say, what are we not doing for you that we need to be doing for you? And then secondly, they would say, are we telling others? Or are we afraid that we're going to offend somebody so we don't say anything? Lord, help us in love. Speak the truth. As your word says, speak the truth in love. Help us to be light and salt today for you. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.